Welcome back, everybody. This is Rick Pettigrew with a quick look at our top news stories from this past week of Archaeologica. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeoseek. Excavators in China uncovered a rare set of bronze chime bells predating the unification of the country. A big copper dome-shaped artifact found decades ago off the Florida coast now fits the description of a 17th century diving bell. Israeli archaeologists made the unique discovery of four well-preserved Roman swords, three of them still in their wooden scabbards and a pair of Israeli researchers proposed that reductions in available prey size inspired important advances in human hunting technology. Thanks to everyone for supporting our subscription platform Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue in 2024 with our fifth tour of incredible sites in Iran. Please join us. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org tours. And now here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you'll find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of September 3rd through the 9th, 2023. This week's first story comes from central China, where archaeologists found two sets of bronze bells while investigating Luoyang, the ancient capital city of Zheng and Han states in today's Henan province. Archaeologists found them in a sacrificial pit near the ruins of a palace. As reported by the website archaeonews.net, archaeologists found a total of 24 bells that date to the spring and autumn period, which lasted from 770 to 476 BC. These bell sets, called bianzhong, were significant in ceremonies and religious rites. To be played, they were hung in a wooden frame and struck with a mallet. Although tuned bells have been used in many cultures for musical performances, bianzhong are unique in several ways. The cast bronze bianzhong bell has an oval cross-section rather than the more common circular shape. The bell has a distinctive cutaway profile. The large bells also have 36 studs or bosses around the outer surface in four symmetric groups of nine. These special features give Bianzhong bells the remarkable ability to produce two different musical tones depending on where they are struck. A common name for them was one bell, two sounds. According to Guanping, a Beijing historian, the Bianzhong symbolized rank and power and represent a high level of craft in ancient Chinese culture. The Bianzhong were used at the palace as part of the ritual system. Since music is strongly linked to rituals that serve to maintain social order, this discovery helps historians examine the cultural development of the ancient spring and autumn period and the subsequent Warring States period, which lasted from 476 to 221 BC. The Zhou dynasty, lasting from 1046 BC to 256 BC, was the first dynasty to establish rules of rites and music, listing how Bianzhong and other instruments could be used in ceremonies, galas, and performances. 
The ancient city ruins where archaeologists made the discovery cover an area of 16 square kilometers. According to Yu Jie, a staff member at the Henan Provincial Institute of Cultural Relics and Archaeology, the Bianzhong Sacrificial Pit measures 2.6 by 1.4 meters wide and is less than one meter deep. So far, archaeologists have also discovered two tombs at the palace ruins. The tombs are vertical pits and contain several complete bronze ritual vessels. Next, we go to Florida, where a copper dome-shaped object recovered from the ocean floor may be the remains of an early diving bell. If so, this 17th century object would be one of the world's first and the earliest ever found. Discoverers initially thought the object was a cooking cauldron, but further research suggests otherwise. As reported by LiveScience.com, the copper object is shaped like a giant bowl measuring nearly five feet across. Discoverers found the object in 1980 near Key West at a depth of 160 feet and close to the shipwreck of the Santa Margarita, a Spanish treasure galleon that sank in 1622. A diving bell is a precursor of the submarine used by divers in shallow waters. A metal chamber opens at the bottom and fills with air so the diver can stay inside the bell to breathe. Salvagers may have used it to recover treasure from the Santa Margarita a few years after it sank. Researchers suggest the diving bell would have been big enough for three divers to use and may have been connected to an air hose. According to Sean Kingsley, researcher, maritime archaeologist, and editor of Wreckwatch magazine, the copper bell appears to have been based on a 1606 design by a Spanish inventor named Geronimo de Aynes. Kingsley carried out the new research along with maritime archaeologist Jim Sinclair, a member of the team that recovered the object in 1980. The two have multiple reasons to suggest the object was a diving bell. One clue is that the mouth of the object is 58 inches wide, which is too large for cooking. The metal shows no signs of charring or heating either. According to Sinclair, many old wooden ships had cooking cauldrons, but none resemble this copper object. However, the object does match descriptions of diving bells in the 17th century, as it is made with two copper sheets and rimmed and studded with copper rivets. Even more telling, discoverers found the object near a large number of iron ingots that might have been used to anchor it to the seafloor. While no record exists of such a diving bell being used to salvage treasure from the Santa Margarita, Francisco Núñez Millán, a Spanish salvager writing in Havana at the time, described how he cast such a diving bell in 1625. Because of this, Kingsley and Sinclair think the object is the remains of the diving bell described by Melian or the remains of an earlier diving bell lost in the area. Our third story takes us to Israel with the discovery of four Roman swords. As reported by BBC News, the swords were in a crevice in a small cave on a cliff above the Dead Sea, north of the En Gedi oasis in eastern Israel. These 1,900-year-old weapons measure 60 to 65 centimeters long. Researchers found three of them still in their wooden scabbards and identified them as spatha, or long swords. The fourth, shorter weapon, they identified as a ring pommel sword. Archaeologists suspected Judean rebels seized these swords during the Bar Kokhba revolt, which took place from AD 132 through 135 against the Roman Empire. 
Judean rebels likely hid the swords for reuse after seizing them from the Roman army. According to Eli Escocito, director of the Israel Antiquities Authority, the discovery is dramatic and exciting, as it documents a specific moment in time. The dry desert climate around the Dead Sea tends to preserve artifacts that would not have survived anywhere else in Israel, such as scrolls, coins, leather sandals, and now swords in their scabbards, as if they were hidden away today. The team who discovered them comprises archaeologist Dr. Asif Geyer of Ariel University, geologist Boaz Langford of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, and photographer Shai Halevi of the Israel Antiquities Authority. They were photographing an ancient Hebrew inscription on a stalactite discovered 50 years ago. Their goal was to use multispectral photography to decipher parts of the inscription not visible to the naked eye. While on the upper level of the cave, Dr. Geyer spotted a well-preserved Roman pilum, or javelin, in a narrow crevice. He also found carved wood that was part of the sword's scabbards. The researchers reported the discovery and returned with another team to survey other crevices in the cave. Then they found the four swords. These swords featured well-fashioned handles made of wood or metal. According to archaeologist Oria Amiche, a find like this is like looking history in the face. According to Dr. Eitan Klein, director of the Judean Desert Survey Project, researchers are just beginning to study the cave and the weapon cache inside it. Archaeologists want to know who the owners of the swords were and where, when, and by whom they were manufactured. We end the week with a story from far earlier in Israel's history, when giant Pleistocene elephants roamed the area and humans ate them. As the Times of Israel reports, researchers Dr. Mickey Bendor and Professor Ron Barkai of Tel Aviv University propose a link between the decline in animal prey size and developments in hunting technology. They published their hypothesis in the peer-reviewed journal Quaternary. Barkai is excavating an area called Kezem Cave, about seven miles east of Tel Aviv, inhabited by humans between 400,000 years ago and 200,000 years ago. Early humans across the Levant depended on elephants for their diet. According to Barkai, the cave presents significant changes in human biology, anatomy, and the culture of human lifestyle. Barkai and researchers have concluded that the trigger for these changes was the disappearance of elephants. According to Barkai, the elephant population started to decline 400,000 years ago, possibly due to hunting and climate change. Because of this, humans learned to hunt smaller prey such as bison, deer, and gazelles. Yet those also started decreasing in number. Eventually, their prey included rabbits, birds, and waterfowl. As human prey got smaller and slyer, the hunting tools became more advanced, lethal, and precise. When Barkai was studying indigenous literature, he found that early humans liked to hunt elephants for the fat content. Fat provides double the energy of meat without any extra digestion cost. Because of this, humans hunted the largest animals, and an elephant could feed their community for months. Early humans would kill elephants by luring them into a trap, such as a deep pit, where they would starve to death, or where humans could put them to death with wooden spears and clubs. This method is less effective for smaller animals that like to run, which early humans would chase to exhaustion to kill. 
Eventually, humans developed bows and arrows for smaller prey. According to Barkai, until now, there has been no explanation for why people changed their tool technologies throughout the 1.5 million years of human evolution. However, pairing data sets of animal prey size and stone tool chronology suggests a link between the two. Today, with the boom in food technology, prey is continuing to get even smaller. Scientists are creating sources of protein, modern-day prey, from cells grown in a lab. Barkai believes this hypothesis linking prey size and hunting innovation is an important lesson for modern society. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. (music) 